the impact of FSC is not created by FSC itself, but by FSC's certificate holders, using FSC certification or other solutions developed by FSC. Hi, and welcome to the fourth special members episode of Forest for the Future in a row. This week, we are providing you with daily digests of the FSC International General Assembly 2021. Once again, we're lucky enough to have our CEO, Kim Carstensen, give us his highlights of the day. We had some very interesting discussions about remote auditing based on what we've learned over the past two years due to COVID. There was a lot of pros and cons and how to do it well, etc. But what I found really interesting was also a discussion behind what was said, which was, what is it that we need in a motion that is about something we in the Secretariat are planning to do anyway? Why do we then need a motion? What does a motion give us? And I think the answer to that question is it A, gives us the certainty that members are interested in the topic. It gives us some good discussion from where we can see where are the concerns and where are the issues that members want us to put focus on in the process to actually do this. And it probably also, if it gets approved, gives us an impetus to actually do this faster than we would otherwise have done. But otherwise, it is a challenging thing. What do we do with motions about things we're doing already? Let's pause Kim there for a second and hear from the members themselves. Because what is it that they're thinking about when they're discussing pro and con for remote auditing? I've prepared a small summary of the different points of view from this morning. In the segment, you will be hearing from Melissa Graham, the motion proposer from Economic North, Don Tolentino from Social South, T.R. Menoharan, Environmental South, Luvio Amare, Economic South, Grant Russman, Environmental South, and finally, Alan Smith from the Social Chamber North. FSC has indicated that including opportunities for remote auditing is part of their work plan. The motion is still important. It's still important for FSC to hear our support and our concerns. It's not straightforward just to say, okay, we want to do more remote audits. It doesn't work like that, right? We need a risk-based approach. And that's the cornerstone of the motion. So I think that this motion provides an opportunity to say, yes, we support remote auditing. Yes, we support new technologies. Yes, we want to move auditing efficiencies into the 21st century, but we want to be safe about it. We want to acknowledge that not every auditing scenario is going to lend itself to being conducted remotely. The majority of the members of the social chamber present in the morning session did not support this motion. On one hand, we acknowledge the use of technology and the availability of digital platforms are eminent in some regions. While on the other hand, it also highlighted the challenges on digital divide, particularly in the global south. I believe that this is a very important motion for FSC because this motion is not stopping any of the current process. It's a positive and forward-looking approach. And we already have experience in remote auditing. We know how remote auditing can be conducted. And if we learn from that experience and take it forward for areas where it can be done appropriately, we should not shy away from doing this. There are concerns, of course, the implementation of the risk-based approach have challenges. We admit that, but look at the broad benefits it can offer to FSC. Wherever it's not possible, we should not be doing the remote auditing. We should be doing wherever it's possible only. 
I support this motion. I think it uh, reinforces what the Secretariat is already doing. The risk-based uh, approach, uh, we should see it as a technical approach and not as a way to, to discriminate against the global south. So we will act based on risk regardless of where we are in the north or in the global south. And the risk-based approach is common to all certification schemes, and it's a very good way forward towards improving our systems and the way we, we work and our credibility. I cannot support this motion. We're meddling here with FSC's core function, which is auditing. And it's also one of the areas where FSC gets a lot of criticism and complaints through weaknesses and audits, and so really affects the, the integrity of the system. I think we can still move ahead with the technology innovations and the different ways of auditing without complicating it by bringing in all of the problems and the issues, including the bias towards the south um, of a risk-based approach. Basically, as, as for me, it's a pathway forward to reduce costs and improve efficiency. I think we're at the beginning of seeing the benefit of remote technologies. At the same time, we need safeguards for in-person interactions with, in particular, workers and Indigenous communities. We need to safeguard the means for their views to be fully heard and incorporated. But in the main, we have to think forward and try and really make the most of the opportunities that are there. Okay, so it's clear that members see risk-based frameworks as very different things and that there is an inherent fear, which I couldn't fit into this segment, for some in the membership of a risk-based framework becoming a normative monster. How does Kim respond to that? I think the notion of risk-based approaches means many different things to different people. And for that reason, when we discuss it, it sometimes gets to look like a monster because it should cover everything. But I think when we get down to actually looking at it in practice and looking at the rules we're actually going to develop for specific situations or specific circumstances, then I do think it will be manageable. But in the discussions today, it could sound like, oh, this is everything. We can't do this at all. I think we can. I tend to agree. Mm -hmm. What else did you find interesting today? We have some interesting discussions about the Motion 11 to develop indicators for the global strategy. From the Secretariat side, we, we think we've already done that. We have not developed social, environmental and economic indicators because that's going to be very difficult for a strategy. This is more something you would do for what the certificate holders actually achieve by being certified. There we can have these indicators and that we're also working on. But more interesting than that actually was the notion that, yes, it's about developing indicators and we can discuss for a long time what they should look like. But more importantly, probably was the notion that it's about involving the members in that discussion. And that, I think, is something we can probably do. I mean, if the motion gets approved, then we will have to establish a working group and do a formal process. But even if that does not happen, I think there is merit to involving members in a discussion about what are the indicators they would actually propose, what could they look like, because we will evolve the system anyway. And finding a way to engage members in that conversation, I think that was a good point made in the discussion today. Mm -hmm. Was anything said today that made an impression on you? I thought in a side meeting we had about what's called the Focus Forest Project, I thought we heard about a lot of new ideas about how can we actually engage people in dialogue. And to be honest, 
engaging people in dialogue is something we're very proud of as a FSC, and we do it a lot, and, and we are very much a convening organization. But if we are frank, some of the ways that we try to engage people are probably not what they should be. Just inviting people to join a consultation where you're then asked, I don't know how many difficult questions about a thing that you'd ha only half understand anyway, may not be the right way. And I think in the Focus Forest project, we are developing new or working with new gamification methodologies, and, and we are looking at ways in which you could actually be involved in a discussion together with the people who matter without needing to go down into all sorts of technical details and stuff like that. So I think there's a lot of interesting things there that we can learn from also beyond the Focus Forest project. And why did that make an extra impression or what made an extra impression there for you today? Because it was a lot of fun and it looked like the people who were doing this and they were playing the game and they were sort of putting bricks in, in different places. Where should this part of the forest be? Where can we allow a plantation to come up? Which areas must we absolutely protect? And you put things there and you stood around a table. It looked like a lot of fun, much more fun than a normal webinar, I would say, even though we're getting good at it. I've seen that video too, and I can only recommend that people watch that side meeting to see the video. It's very impressive. Is there anything else that you would like to highlight from the day? One big question that I think came out of the whole discussion about focus forest and intact forest landscapes and all of these things is whether there is in fact one global answer to all of this. What is the right approach to these big questions that are of enormous importance for certificate holders and stakeholders in the Amazon and also in Russia and also in Canada and also in the Congo Basin, do they have a common reality where they can actually, on the same basis, look for the same rules? Or should we accept that? Let's try and start the other way around and see what makes sense in each of these localities and then see what we can combine it in a global setting. And what Focus Forest are trying to do is at least to give a try of enabling the local stakeholders to form something that makes sense from their perspective. And then we can begin to compare and look at it rather than trying to do it the other way around. What we're hearing from countries like Brazil, I think it's the same in the Congo Basin, is that if we demand too much, if we demand 50% protection, then it's going to be completely unattractive for forest managers to maintain their FSC certification. And the alternative is not that there's going to be more protection. The alternative is that the areas are going to be given up and they're going to be given over to illegal logging or conversion to palm oil or cattle ranching or whatever. So what do we do in that situation where illegal logging is such a big problem that we need to make sure that we can maintain FSC certification as the best possible tool against it? Kim was paraphrasing one of our Brazilian members, Ricardo Cadoso, here. But why don't we let Ricardo explain for himself, given that this was one of the statements that made the biggest impression on Kim today? We fully agree with that approach of considering the landscape but we do continue having a problem. We have those companies that are working together with FSC for a long time, working in concessions with a good tenure and investing in that, competing with illegal wood. And that's very important. That's very crucial. But above it all, they are keeping the forests okay. The capacity of recovery of a good managed area is very high. We really, really will obtain results in biodiversity after a few years using low impact techniques. That is very important. That's forest management in the sense of the word. That's why FSC was created in the beginning to conserve the tropical forests, but to allow 
some economic activities inside it. The truth is the sector in Brazil cannot support stopping managing their areas in 80% or even in 50%. They will need to keep managing their areas in 80% for them to keep alive. And, and the solutions presented so far are not good enough. So what we need is to think about how to make forest management inside IFLs, keeping as most as possible its intactability. We need to discuss that. As it is, the concept doesn't allow any forest management in, in, in concessions in any country. And it's an appeal for the membership because this question is really bad. I do agree with the, the landscape approach and the Focus Forest Initiative, but any financing won't be enough to compensate the economic loss of, of the companies. I do understand why this statement gave Kim some food for thought as he wound down for the day. How do we make sure that forest managers in areas threatened so vastly by illegal logging bother with FSC? Before I let Kim go for the day, I just snuck in a question about what he is looking forward to in tomorrow's program. We have two motions tomorrow, which are both, you could say, looking into the future of how can FSC be relevant for nature conservation, nature interest. One is about certification of protected areas and tropical forests, proposing an advocacy program for that. The other one is about ecosystem services. And, and I think they have a lot of interest, uh, both of them, for that agenda of how do we become relevant for a perspective on forests, which is not just about timber production, but is about maintaining, ensuring resilient forests for the future. And that seems to be the theme in the site meetings as well. In a sense, yes. At least the one which is about the global biodiversity agenda, that's exactly about that. It's more looking at it from a global advocacy perspective and how we can become relevant, but it speaks to both those motions, absolutely. The other one may be a bit different because that's about the big discussion we've been having for years and years about how do we work to address conversion as an organization. We have rules, the 1994 rule, to not allow certification of converted land, but 1994 is a long time ago, and we don't really have good tools to ensure that if you were not responsible for that conversion, there's no way that we can ensure remediation for what happened in those lands. And we've been working now for years and have some very good progress on a policy to address conversion, on remediation discussions, etc. And that will be presented tomorrow. Sounds like we have our work cut out for us tomorrow as well. It's going to be the last, still exhausting, but extremely interesting day, yes. Before we wrap up today's update, here is an overview of interesting side meetings that also took place today. Kim mentioned some of them especially the one in Focused Forest. Other topics was the role of ASI in ensuring high-quality FSC certification and community and family forests. Let's start with the one that Kim was talking about, Focused Forests and Intact Forest Landscapes. During the last couple of years, FSC has been running a project called Focused Forests. The project aims to find solutions for stewardship in forests with special social and environmental values, such as intact forest landscapes or similar. Through this project, FSC is looking for ways to address biodiversity loss and climate change while ensuring that these forests can continue to enable responsibly produce goods and services. The project features both an academic part where research in intact forest landscapes and landscape solutions is gathered and synthesized and a more practical part 
where a new method of landscape dialogues engaging local stakeholders and interests in a specific landscape is piloted. A landscape analysis of different uses is the expected result of these dialogues. During the site meeting, Professor Claude Garcia presented the newly released green paper of the project. The paper describes the methodology that is used for doing the dialogues and is out for consultation. You can still share your feedback if you'd like to. The meeting also provided an update on the planned pilots of the project in tropical and boreal forests. In the second side meeting of the day, focus was given to the quality of FSC certification and more specifically to the role of Accreditation Services International, or ASI as they're internally known, in ensuring high quality. Special attention was given to how ASI works with FSC in incidents handling, transaction verification of claims, integrity investigations, as well as cooperation in Europe with national accreditation bodies. In the third and final side meeting of the day, the newly established Community and Family Forest Program in FSC, or CFFP, presented their work. The team is now focusing on rolling out a tailor-made portfolio of policy solutions and business and market-related tools, all of which have achieved proof of concept during a previous priority project that FSC had called New Approaches to Smallholder and Community Certification. The side meeting included a debate that mimicked a courtroom where two different innovative policy solutions in terms of forest management standards should debate on the question too simple or not simple enough. When the verdict was out, the conclusion was that not one solution will fit different regions and that we have to keep an open toolbox. The last section of the meeting also brought together three different Latin American women all working using collective impact methodology to forward FSC for smallholders, especially with a focus on non-timber forest products. All in all, the section concluded that FSC must work with governments and other partners to find solutions because, let's face it, we can't do it all on our own. The Community and Family Forest program will be key to successful achievement of the FSC strategic goals for 2026, where the aim is to grow the amount of certified community and family forest from the currently roughly 11 million hectares to double in just four years. If you are interested in diving deeper into any of these three side meetings, you will find links to them directly on ga.fsc.org or if you are a registered participant of the General Assembly, you will find links in the email digest that is emailed to you daily and should have already landed in your inbox. Thank you for listening to today's update. We will return tomorrow with a digest of day five, the final day of the General Assembly. Until then, take care. And I do hope to see you live tomorrow for the last and final day of the General Assembly. I am Laura Worm. And this was Forest for the Future.